Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. We praise you, Lord, for your faithfulness, for the unchanging nature of your character. We can always rely on you. I thank you for your promise that nothing can separate us from your love. We just praise you and thank you because you are our king. Amen. We'll release the kids now, and I just want to pray over the teachers and kids as they go. Our main goal is not that the kids would have fun, but that the kids would encounter Jesus. So the whole lesson is journey with Jesus for this 13 weeks. So Jesus, encounter the children as a real man who was born as a baby and grew up on this earth and lives even now in heaven. Encounter the children with your truth, the truth of your character and the truth of your nearness. In Jesus' name, amen. Hmm. So a number of us participated in 24 hours of prayer and worship from noon, New Year's Eve to noon on uh, New Year's Day. Uh, and we wanted to give opportunity uh, for anyone uh, who receives something from the Lord that they feel like is, is for the body. So we're, we're going to let you share that now. If uh, if you would like to. I think it's so funny how God works. This morning in my living room as I'm kind of just meditating on the Lord. He says, I want my body to know that they are valued. He says, I want them to know and to see the value and how much I love them. There is no greater love than one laying down their life. And he laid his life down for you. Sometimes we get to looking at, oh, God, I blew it. And we're looking at the blowing it instead of his love. And he wants us to get our eyes off of our failures, our strongholds, our everything that's holding us back from seeing the value that God has for each of us. But not only for ourselves, he wants us to start seeing the value in our brothers and our sisters. I hear this saying a lot lately. It doesn't take a prophetic word to see the faults in the dirt in someone's life. But God wants us to see each other as he sees us. And it's his unconditional love. It's not what you do. It's not what you're doing. His love wouldn't change. He knew you from the beginning to the end. He's already seen all the mistakes that we're going to make. But he sees, he sees the end. And he wants us to take and get our eyes off of us and onto him. Then he's going to keep us in our perfect peace. Now, this is what I got. And then all these songs this morning is talking about God's love. And I just thought it was just amazing how God does that. It's just confirm. He, he wants us to know that we are valued in, in all of us. The thing that I saw for this year, and I'm just, I'm just excited, and I keep praying on this because I, I saw chains falling off of people's. <laughs> That's keeping them bound and holding them back. I saw these chains falling off. I saw strongholds getting broke. And people walking in a freedom that they haven't known yet. And I'm just, I'm praying into that because I tell you, 
God is wanting to do some things this year in, in each of us that where our lives are transformed for his glory. He's getting us ready to be a bride. He's got some work to do and some preparation to do for that. But it's him that's going to do it. We can't do it. So keep your eyes on him and just allow, just receive his love today. He just wants you guys to know how much he loves you all. And he would say it's worth it. It was worth him going to the cross for each of you. Who else? Sonia. You can be next, Billy. <laughs> she got to stand up at it before you ask oh, her. Oh, I, don't, I don't care. It goes with my word. <laughs> Simple word. And I think it's going to tie into what Phyllis just said resoluteness to be resolute to be resolute as god is in his words that he had us sing this morning that is resolution it's it's confirmation it's stability it's security that joy will come in the morning be resolute about that that everything that she has seen be resolute about that you've got to have something to hang on to and to be resolute about it's very easy as we start a new year to be resolute about these things that we're going to do. And some of us more than others, you know, we, we keep doing it. And somebody will say, well, how's your New Year's resolutions? Or, or how are, how's your new uh, idea for this year working out? Are you praying more? Are you being more kind? Whatever your, your resolutions are. And, and a lot of us, um, by week two, we're still saying, yes, I'm being resolute. And by month three, we're, you know, okay. And, and, and then, by, and then by, by the mid-year, what? We forgot to be resolute. And, and that doesn't disappoint God as much as it disappoints ourselves. And, and so it's easy to be resolute when everything is going well. But when do we need God? We need him all the time. But we as human beings, we think we need him more in our difficulties, don't we? And we do because that's when other people's kind words and encouragements, they help us, but it's not the answer. We go away and we feel encouraged and we feel better and we feel the love of that person. And as the, the worship leader was talking today, you know, sharing how at times that maybe she wasn't as resolute because she was in that dark water. But then she got a hold of something, and she became resolute. And now she can speak that into your life because she's resolute about that. And so the word to be resolute, let it mean what God wants it to mean to you. I could stand here and give you different ideas about what resolute may mean. But this has to be your personal resoluteness with God. And I would just encourage you to ask God, what do you want me to be resolute about through the whole year? And it may change. There may be different things because each of us, as she said, different, there's different workings going on for us. And it may just be that same thing all year. I know what it is right now for me to be resolute about. And that's to be in his will. That's so important to me because I get out of it. And it scares me. And I just... I just feel like she said, you know, you're in that dark place. And you're like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? I feel like I stepped off a stone, and, and I feel like I tripped, and where am I at? And so I pray that I can be resolute this year to be in his will. And so here's my word. Ask God what that means for you. Is it one thing or is it many things to be resolute about the most the hardest times again to be resolute is the hard times that's when you need to remember these songs be as resolute as he is about your life amen god bless you
I, I don't usually like to run up to the microphone, but. Yes. <laughs> I, I think <clears throat> uh, going off of what Sonia was saying, I think for most of us, the thing that we need to be resolute about is what God has said. Because that's the thing that the enemy always attacks. Even Jesus in the wilderness, did God say? If you are. <laughs> that's what he was attacking. So be resolute in what God has said about who you are, about what he's going to do in your life, about what he has said about our body. And let's set our face like flint and be resolute toward that. Because the one who said it is faithful and he will do it. When Sonia was talking, I just, I think it's the same message, but maybe a little bit different way of saying it. Um, read a little article this week, and this is where this comes from, but I've, I've lived it before. Um, I have an old nature, and that nature has been crucified with Christ, and I've put on Christ, and I walk in that new nature, but my old nature is so familiar to me, because that's what most of my life has been, just me. And more and more, it's Christ living through me, and I let him have more control, and let, and I cooperate with him more, but it's easy when you're tired or you're hungry or whatever to slip back into your old flesh. Well, in this article, this woman had her father-in-law living in their home suddenly, and she's thinking inside, what's going to happen when, you know, the real me comes out and I'm not so nice and whatever, she said. And her husband says, at what point do you plan to stop putting on Christ? So in, in whatever situation you're in, we have a choice. We can just be ourselves, which sometimes is ugly, or we can put on Christ. And as new creations, we have that option. If, if we aren't, we just have us. So hallelujah, we have a new nature, and we can choose to connect with our God and let him empower us to live out of and walk in that new nature and put on Christ. So who is the real you? The new one. <laughs> not the old one. <laughs> the new one. <laughs> so it's it's not being untrue to say that you're you're the new one, even though the old one still shows up. Anybody else? Well I'll I'll share with you what people wrote on the banner that we had out for the 24 hours. Ask for more boldness. Ask for hunger. Ask for more fear of the Lord. Awe. Ask for the burden of the Lord to know his heart. Be still and just tell him you love him. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. Faith will arise. I am for you. Breakthrough. Chains falling off, strongholds broken. We will see things around us happening, but we'll go forth. We will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. As we become truly desperate for him, then we will see more people ushered into the kingdom. Mm. Open your heart and mind to the needs of others. 
He is unlocking the treasure chests, breaking our outer man to allow the release of the spirit. The way equals sacrifice of wants, opinions, equals willingness to go regardless of personal discomfort in the short run. And God's kingdom will advance in Cheyenne in 2016. We will see it. That article that Joy shared a little bit of putting on Christ, I, I will bring a copy of that for everybody next week. I intended to do it today, but I left it on my desk. I feel, uh, a couple things that I felt like the Lord was saying. Um, <clears throat> that, that we have been overvaluing our Sunday morning gatherings as our expression of Christianity. Uh, just let that sink in for a little while. And I, I feel like that as part of that, I mean, in conjunction with that. Because uh, there, there's a lot to, if, if you meditate on that before the Lord, there's a lot more he, He's going to say about that. But I, I feel He wants us to approach our Sunday morning gatherings a little differently. Because there's, there's the American church mindset of going to church so that I can feel better that I did my religious duty. I, I got that crossed off on my list. Now I can go live life. And that that is so foreign to the book of Acts, New Testament Christianity, which was the people of God coming together, gathering together, with within whom each person resides the spirit of the living Christ. And, and so that means that the life of God, the very life of God is in each one of us. And, and there, there will be different times that that life of God that's within each one of us want, wants to be expressed for, for the benefit of everybody else. So Phil, when, when the Lord wants you to come up here and, and share stuff, come on, brother. Uh, and, and many of us, the, the Lord is, is going to want to do that. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to call that forth. Uh, this, this isn't about uh, a one-man show. Uh, that's, I, I, I don't see that that's what God wants for us. So, <clears throat> take those things before the Lord and see, see what happens. Because this has been great today. Uh, Kim, what you shared in worship. Uh, Joy, what you shared and how you led. Um, hearing God's stories and testimonies. Billy, um, we're, we're glad you found a home. We're, we're glad we're, we're that home. Ha, <laughs> <laughs>
So the, the last thing that, that I, I felt like uh, I needed to share was uh, something the Lord showed me that that we we all need to develop a, a bridal heart toward the bridegroom. And because if, if we're going to be the bride made ready, that's that's a necessary component of that to have the heart of a bride toward the bridegroom because guys were were part of the bride too <laughs> and, and and this this is practically what that looks like uh, it's it's being more present to the bridegroom than we are to whatever it is that's in front of us that we can actually see with our physical eyes because the bridegroom is right there beside us even though he may not be in front of us and and so <clears throat> my my thought to the lord not a not a conscious response <laughs> was is is that really possible and I'll, I'll tell you that it is because I, I have personal experience of this. Because uh, when, uh, when there's a Jewish wedding, there's a betrothal, and, and then there's a separation of, of the bride and groom because the, the bridegroom goes to build the house so that when it's ready, he can come back for for the bride and, and take her to the house. Well, Joy and I had a similar experience, but it was somewhat backward. <laughs> we got married, and then I left. Uh, not because there was anything wrong with our relationship. I just got a job 12 hours away. And... Uh, coming out of, pardon? Yeah, we'd been married for eight months, and, and Joy still had uh, a year and a half left of uh, her nursing degree. So, you know, we just, we prayed, we thought, we sought counsel, we decided, well, uh, I mean, there aren't that many places for a, an economist to get a job. So for me to find a job... Uh, I, I felt like I needed to take it, and we also both felt like she needed to finish her degree. So we spent most of that year and a half apart, seeing each other as much as we could. But uh, I'm telling you that I was present to her Whether she was in Iowa City and I was in Pierre, South Dakota, or whether we were both in Iowa City or at her mom's or in Pierre for that year and a half. So the, the message is that it can be done if there's enough love there. It can be done. We can be present to someone who who is not physically in front of us. So Lord, give us that kind of love for the bridegroom. that we could be present to him at, at all times. Because that will save us from so many things. 
that we could not possibly do <laughs> when we're present to him. And Lord, forgive us. And you, you can join me in this for, for overvaluing our Sunday morning gatherings as our expression of being followers of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Ernie, uh, thank you for preparing to teach. I'm not sure what you want to do. I'm, I'll hand it over to you. And <laughs> I have been so sick this whole week. New Year's Eve, uh, I spent most of it laying on a pad in my office because I, <laughs> I feel a little better today. I'd like to uh, ask us to pray together. I <clears throat> need to be led by the Spirit. And <clears throat> for that reason, Father, we come to you. We all want to be led by your Spirit. We ask for the Spirit of wisdom and revelation for all of us. God, that you give it to me as I speak, that I would speak in your Spirit by the authority and by the power of your spirit, under the direction and the unction of your spirit. Father, we don't want just what I can come up with. That's not good enough. We want you. God, we ask now that your word would go out and that your word would penetrate our hearts and your word would breathe life into us. In Jesus' name. <clears throat> One of the things that the Lord spoke to me on Thursday evening, Phyllis shared about bondages being broken. Right at the time when she was sharing that, actually before she said it, I have received this phrase from the Lord. The glorious liberty of the children of God. You see, when bondages are broken, we can step into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So, that phrase is from Romans 8.21. Let's look at that for a moment. It says, The creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. I believe what the Lord was saying is that 2016 will be a year of deliverance from bondages and a year of transformation to bring us into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, how does that happen? In order to find out, I wanted to go back to Scripture in Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 21. It says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Did you get that? The glory which will be revealed in us. There is a future fulfillment of this verse when the Lord returns, which will be greater than what we will experience until then. However, I believe the kingdom of God and all of the realities of that kingdom can be experienced at least partially now. That's what the Vineyard Movement was based upon. Kingdom theology. The kingdom is here, now. Yes. 
Paul also wrote in Colossians 1.27 that Christ in us is the hope of glory. You see, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When God created Adam and Eve, he created them to live in his glory. To live in intimate fellowship with him. But by their sin, they fell short. And since that time, all are born in sin. And all fall short of the glory of God. But you see, when the Spirit of God comes into a man or a woman or a child, a human being, God restores his glory to the tabernacle. There's a reality in that. <clears throat> it is extremely difficult to really grasp, but I believe it's true. I want to take you to Galatians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16. Paul wrote, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. Now, we're not going to go into the rest of the passage here, but I want to zero in on this first few words of verse 16. Paul said that the Lord Jesus was revealed in him. Not just to him, but in him. When Jesus is revealed in us, his glory is also revealed in us. Because Christ in us is our hope of glory. Let's go back to Romans 8 for a minute, verses 19 to 21. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Now, if you noticed or not, but as we read verses 19 to 21, there are three times when the word creation is used. The Greek word for creation is translated creature in Mark 16, 15, where Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. But it's also translated creation in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, where Paul wrote, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So whether the word is creature or creation, it's clear in both of these verses that we're referring to people. Now, in the context of this passage, many commentators write that we're talking about creation as a whole. The entire planet, okay? They focus on the natural world, and they point out that Adam and Eve's sin brought changes to the natural world, which we have a hope will be reversed when Jesus returns. And we will return to a Garden of Eden environment. Now, I believe that's true. But I want to point out that people as creations of God also will be delivered from bondage of corruption. If you remember last week, I quoted Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, where Jesus said, If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. We also looked at Luke 4.18, where Jesus said he was sent by the Father to proclaim liberty to the captives and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So that's why he came. And when he does it, 
the kingdom of God comes into our lives. We can be delivered from demonic bondages now. The Lord Jesus can liberate us from any oppression of the enemy. We don't have to wait for Jesus to return. So when Romans 8, 20, 8 21 tells us that when we are delivered from the bondage of corruption, it also says we are, also says we are delivered into the glorious liberty of the children of God. So what will this look like? We won't fully know until we get there. Let's consider some possibilities. In John chapter 14, verse 30, Jesus said of himself, the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Now what does that mean? In Ephesians 4.27, we are told by Paul not to give place or opportunity or a foothold to the devil. You see, when we yield to a temptation, we give the devil a foothold. If we continue in that sin, the foothold becomes a stronghold and we become slaves to that sin. When Jesus said that the ruler of this world had nothing in him, he was saying that the enemy did not have a foothold. There was nothing in Jesus that let the enemy bind him up. He could not lead him into sin. Now, you may be thinking, but Jesus was God in the flesh. He couldn't sin. I would agree with that. Okay? He was God in the flesh. Still is. But think about this. God has given us his spirit to live in us. We have God in our flesh. I'm not God in the flesh. Anybody who knows me very well at all can figure that out in a hurry. I'm not God in the flesh. But I have the God of all creation. If we yield to the Holy Spirit rather than the flesh or the devil, we can live in victory over sin and Satan. So that's one thing I believe the glorious liberty of the children of God is talking about. Another very basic thing, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, Paul tells us what the fruit of the Spirit are. The results of abiding in Christ are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When we're free from the enemy's control and yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit within us, we can walk in all the fruit of the Spirit. Now, wouldn't it be glorious if we always responded to every situation we face by choosing to live in the nature of God rather than our human nature? Joy mentioned that a few minutes ago. Okay? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, it says earlier in Ephesians chapter 4. We could experience love rather than selfishness. We could experience joy and peace rather than worry and doubt. We could experience patience rather than frustration. For me, that's a big area. I get frustrated at times with different situations. If we modeled all of the fruit of the Spirit because we were walking in the Spirit, people could see the glory of God resting on us. 
God loves us. And he wants us to enjoy the freedom that he made possible for us through his crucifixion, burial, and resurrection. But he also has a plan for us. Galatians 5.13 tells us that we have been called to liberty, but that we are not to use our liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but instead we are to serve one another through love. You see, when we step into the glorious liberty of the children of God, we have something we can give to others. Jesus said in Matthew 10, verse 8, these were instructions to his disciples as he sent them out, his apostles. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. If we receive the glory of God, see, it, it's there. If you've invited the Lord Jesus Christ into your life and you want him to rule and to reign, to be your king, if you want to submit to his authority, the glory of God is there. As I taught last week, the authority that Jesus gave his apostles has been passed on to us. I just read it. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. All of that's possible now, today, through us. Not because we're anything special. Oh, wait a minute. Scripture says, you are God's special people. I'm just saying, in my flesh, there dwells no good thing. But as I said before, the Spirit of God lives in me and in you. For that reason, you are special people, and you do have the ability to reach out to this world and change it. So as we individually step into this glorious liberty, our church body will be transformed as well. You see, as Lord of his body throughout the world, the Lord Jesus is bringing his entire body into a new level of maturity in him. Jay talked about the bridegroom and the bride. God is preparing his, the bride for his son. Look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 to 27 for just a few minutes. It starts off talking to husbands, but let's read the rest of it. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. The Lord desires to bring each of his children into the glorious liberty of the children of God so we can corporately be a glorious church. The Lord is sanctifying and cleansing his bride with the washing of water by the word that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So how are we going to respond to this? I believe that as we here at the Cheyenne Vineyard give our hearts completely to him, he will bring us into a new level of fruitfulness in him. You see, the Lord is looking for a people whose heart is loyal to him so that he can show himself strong on their behalf. I believe the Lord wants to start 
multiplying the miraculous here. We've been praying for some time that when people walk through that door, they sense the presence of God. And they know there's something special about this place. It's no longer an office building. It's not just an office. This is a place where the people of God come to meet with their God, and he shows up. And he does miraculous things. So will we be those people? Will we set aside time to behold him? You see, it's as we behold him that he transforms us from glory to glory. Twenty sixteen can be the best year of our lives, both personally and corporately, if we will seek him. With all our hearts. So would you join me? I just want to lead us in prayer. God, we exalt you. You are the creator. You are the sustainer of all life. You sent Jesus to be our Savior and our Lord. You desire us to walk in intimate fellowship with you. You desire us to give our whole hearts to you. And as we do, you promise to give us yourself. So God, we pray that this year we would get our eyes on you, off of ourselves, realize that you are the Almighty, you are the miracle-working God, you are the healer, you are the deliverer. Through you, we can do the miraculous because you empower us by your Spirit. So, Father, we give ourselves to you. We want to be your glorious church. And individually, we want to be walking in the glorious liberty of the children of God. So, Father, we just submit to you. We can't make this happen. It's all about you. But I pray that we would stop hindering the work of your Spirit through unbelief, and doubt, and fear, and a lack of yieldedness. God, open, open our hearts and cause us to be people who cry out to you day and night. Come, be Lord of your church. Rule in your church. Be king in this place. Be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, given the way Arnie finished, I, I really felt like I needed to share this with the body. Uh, another pastor in town who's a good friend uh, sent me this, uh, this passage from Jeremiah 29 uh, twice, uh, saying he really felt like uh, this was the word of the Lord for me, but I, I don't think it's just for me. I think it's for us. And it's, it's Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, and I think it should at least include the, the first few words of 14. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans 
for wholeness and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. So can I just declare that over us for 2016? Lord, thank you <clears throat> that you have good plans for us, the people of Cheyenne Vineyard, plans for wholeness, for good and not for evil, plans to give us a future and a hope. We will call upon you, and we will come and pray to you, and you will hear us. We will seek you, and we will find you, because we will seek you with all of our hearts. We will be found by you, declares the Lord. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for the plans that you have for us for this year. Lord, we have faith that this will be a year of jubilee. It will be the best of times in you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, bless your people as we go from here today. May we take you and your fragrance and your kingdom everywhere we go and change atmospheres for your glory. Amen. Oh, and there's one more thing that I, I felt like the Lord uh, wanted us to do, and I forgot to do it earlier, but since he just reminded me, I think this is when we were supposed to do it. Uh, <clears throat> before you go, I want you to find at least one person and speak a blessing over at least one person before you leave, everybody. Okay? So who's going to stand by the door and ask everybody who leaves? <laughs> Never mind. <clears throat> Be blessed. <clears throat>